Welcome to Subtle Beast, everybody. I am your host, Foltz. With me, as always, my co-host and partner in crime, Mr. Steve Apostolopoulos. How are you tonight, brother? Oh, I'm feeling good, Foltz. How about yourself? I'm feeling good. I'm ready to get tear into tonight's episode. This, uh, I know we say this quite often, that this is one that we've had in the works for a while. This, <laughs> this, one, <laughs> this one we legitimately have been working on for years yeah years now and here's the thing we had so much information on tonight's topic we had it sitting in the studio on this one shelf that we'd glance over at once in a while and just get a shrill like oh no not we can't let's not even touch it today yeah don't even think about that and then we finally we're finding the time we went through I, I couldn't even take a guess how much information, and we compiled it down to, uh, we'll compare it to like if you went out and got the cliff notes on, on a topic. Right. What you need to know, and you know the rest is kind of filler. Exactly. But uh, going along with uh, tonight's topic, which obviously is uh, the Federal Reserve, have you seen the signs at stores or even maybe online and social media showing the coin shortage? Yeah, what's up with that? I don't understand this coin shortage. Well, here's now this is just my own thinking, my theory is that people are people aren't going out very often, so when they are, 9 times out of 10 so that they don't have to touch keypads at stores. They're taking cash along and they're getting handed to them. Now granted, they're going to get uh cash back but they're getting change so millions of people around the america are getting change and then they're going home and probably dumping it somewhere and you don't grab that change next time you're going to right, just use cash pay so everyone's got their <clears throat> coins at home now on the flip side of that like we've talked about in past episodes uh to name one i think new world order uh that they eventually the quote-unquote deep state uh, would like us to go cashless. I mean, that seems to be part of the new world order agenda. Now, of course, is yes. that is that is this part of it? Is this coin shortage starting to be like, oh, okay? And then they're going to be like, look, this is the only way we can go because people are holding on. We can't even keep track. But being the fact that we are talking about the Federal Reserve tonight, why would it even be an issue? Because the Federal Reserve is the one that creates the money. So if there's a shortage. Why won't they create more? You know, I've, I've heard that it actually costs more to make a coin than the coin is worth. Oh, absolutely. <clears throat> absolutely. I mean, at one point, <clears throat> you know, people will say, oh, that, you know, that, that nickel, that's not even nickel anymore. It's just like aluminum, I guess. Yeah, I don't even know what they're made. They're just like There's little- probably a percentage of nickel in there, but nothing that would be worth anything. It's a nickel and then a dime. So dimes used to be silver. Right. And quarters, there's just so much weight to it. I can't imagine well, that. Well, quarter, I guess, would have been like uh, depending on what gold was going for or because it was a set amount at one time. Right. So that would have been a quarter of that, of the, of the dollar amount that was equal to. Because at one point, you were able to exchange your legal tender for, for gold. And we'll get into that tonight. But it, it always seems that whenever the, the term Federal Reserve comes up, I've never heard somebody pro- about it like all right yeah uh, you know federal reserve great it's put it's plumbing us into uh more and more debt but uh 
you have to ask yourself, uh, do you ever wonder why the national debt continues to go up? And we're going to get into that. But I think what we should probably mention right off the bat is that the uh, the banks are privately owned. Right. That's the one thing about the Federal Reserve that I think it would be the number one question. If you were uh, an American that was just going along in life and you would think that the Federal Reserve is part of the federal government. Right. And, well, at one point we did control our money, but uh, what that was that was taken away from us back in uh, 1913. Correct, uh, correct. Woodrow Wilson signed uh, the, the Federal Reserve into law, and ever since then, and prior to 1913, there was no taxes, so what you made, you kept. So, but I mean, this goes back even further than uh, than 1913, right, Steve? Like, it can be traced to the American Revolutionary War. It can be traced back to the Revolutionary War. One of the reasons why we were fighting the war was so that we could be independent of English rule and English monetary system. The English monetary system was set up with a centralized bank owned by private, multiple private families, and it was tyrannical so we came over here we're still paying taxes to england we wanted our own system and eventually what happened was our system ended up just like that yeah and it led to all-out war and well everybody here in this country and in the united states knows what happened with the american revolutionary war i mean people stood up they rose up and they fought back now but then, so so then, let's go let's go forward to what nineteen prior to nineteen seventy one, we had what was considered the gold standard, right, Steve? Right. So all of the um, money that was printed had an equal and opposite amount of gold somewhere in the United States, possibly Fort Knox. Right. Right. So you could um, you could actually walk into a bank up until that time, and you could exchange a twenty dollar bill, and they would give you like a twenty dollar gold coin. Right. But Nixon, he put a stop to that in 1971. And I believe everyone remembers who he was the VP of, of JFK, right? And uh, JFK was a a huge opponent of the Federal Reserve. Right. And he wanted to shut it down. And, uh, well, we'll get into that maybe even a little later in there. But, you know, it's sad to say what happens when you try and stand up against, uh, you know, a powerful giant like that but so yeah so the federal reserve i think we all can agree that it's a it's not the greatest thing in the world but uh let's go in i'm going to tell you a little bit why why the national debt keeps going up and up now one of the most ungodly and fraudulent institutions in our opinion that's ever been perpetuated on american people or the world for that matter is the federal reserve you know they use deceit uh, through the Central Bank of the United States, which, like we said, was started, or, or was started in 1913 because of Woodrow Wilson. Now, the idea came about on a meeting in Jekyll Island, off the coast of Georgia, in 1910. The bankers in this in this country, especially J.P. Morgan, created a currency panic in 1907 in order to get the American people to accept the idea of central bank. Sound familiar? To uh, create a panic within the country so that uh. We can rally the American people around. I can think of two. I can think of uh, 9-11, and I can think of I'm living in one right now. (laughs) Now, the central bank had already existed in England, and that started back as far back as 1694. Now, the Rothschilds, they completely dominate the banking system. 
and it's estimated that their wealth <clears throat> goes into the trillions. Now, there was a guy named Baron Nathan Mare Rothschild, and he boasted, I care not what puppet is placed upon the throne of England to rule the empire on which the sun never sets. The man that controls Britain's money supply controls the British empire, and I control the British money supply. Now, that idea of a central bank is so that they can enslave the people of the country into debt and create a system that you continue that they continue to collect taxes on and uh, it, and, and what you're paying just covers the interest now the dupe people of the united states we're paying about four billion dollars per year to the irs which is the collection agency for the federal reserve now the federal reserve is privately owned and it has 10 private members the chase manhattan bank is a member which is owned by none other than the rockefellers who are rothschild's agents now we can list 10 members of uh, at the bank of this article uh, during this article now at this point the citizens of the united states falsely owe these lemmings over 13 trillion dollars so that's pretty crazy i got the i have the actual owners here it was uh, a very well kept secret but it has been revealed in recent years uh there is the number one uh, family is the Rothschilds, Rothschilds Bank of London, uh, Warburg Bank of Hamburg, Rothschilds Bank of Berlin, Lehman Brothers of New York, the Lazard Brothers of Paris, Kuhn Loeb Bank of New York, Israel Moses Seif Banks of Italy, Goldman Sachs of New York, Warburg Bank of Amsterdam, Chase Manhattan Bank of New York. Those are the owners of the of the Fed. Now, if you were to look into who are the biggest developers in skyscrapers in New York City, guaranteed these names will come up. Lehman Brothers is a huge one. Goldman Sachs, definitely. I mean, well, they, they own the world. I mean, well, the, the, those bankers are actually connected to to the London banking house. Uh, the pardon me, the London banking houses, and and they're the ones that control the Fed. Now, when England lost the Revolutionary War with America, uh, they planned to control us by controlling the banking system, uh, the, the printing of our money and our debt. Now, indivi uh, here's individuals that own the banks, which in turn own shares in the Fed. The banks that I'm about to list have significant control over the New York Fed District. See, there we go, which controls the other 11 Fed districts. Now, these banks are also partly foreign owned and control the New York Fed District Bank. We have the first National Bank of New York. James Stillman, National City Bank of New York, Mary W. Harmon, National Bank of Commerce, New York, A.D. Juilliard, Hanover National Bank, New York, Jacob Schiff, Chase National Bank, New York, Thomas F. Ryan, Paul Wahlberg, William Rockefeller, Levi P. Morton, M.T. Payne, George F. Baker, Percy Pine, Mrs. G.F. St. George, J.W. Sterling, Catherine St. George, and H.P. Davidson. Wow. So there's a list. Now, there is something that is referred to what as, as like the debt clock or something like that, right? Right, Steve? the debt clock. The American economy has been sucked dry by the Federal Reserve System. Americans think they own property, but the truth is the entire United States has been mortgaged off to the bankers. The Rothschilds and Rockefellers become richer while the peoples of the world become poorer. 
the International Monetary Fund, and the World Bank are also designed to loan money to developing nations with the understanding that they will never be able to repay. So with every loan made to a country, it becomes their death knell. The entire world has been plunged into debt economy, which means 6 billion people are in debt to about 250 men. But keep in mind that all their wealth is phony because it has created money without any gold backing. Yeah. So, I mean, people don't even know um, if there's gold in Fort Knox anymore. You know, that used to be the one uh, the one joke. Oh, it, it's, as, it's as hard to get in as trying to get into Fort Knox. Well, yeah, because it's so heavily guarded. Um, but I think, I think maybe Geraldo maybe was the last person that got in there. So, God, that probably goes back to like the 80s, maybe early 90s. But they don't let any cameras in there anymore. So there's no verification if there's any gold, which they claim, you know, on our Monday, this is legal tender and that, the, that they have the gold at Fort Knox to back it. I doubt they do. Well, at one point, yeah, at one point they did. But then when in 71, they just stopped making that claim. That's right. when Nixon said, we're no longer going to have the exchange program. You can no longer get gold for your money. We're going to create what is called a fiat banking system, which means that we are just going to produce the money and there is no banking. Basically, you have to take it for its value. If you trade a $20 bill in, the most you can get for it is two tens. Yeah, yeah. Just other Federal Reserve notes. Yeah, it's like taking printing paper and going to you know a big box store and be like, hey, uh, what can I exchange for this? And they hand you some more like two printing papers. Right, exactly. So some you know people may say, well, how how did this happen? How did it happen, folks? Well, after previous attempts to uh, push the Federal Reserve Act through Congress, a group of bankers funded and staffed by Woodrow Wilson's camp, uh, campaign for president. He had committed to sign this act, like we said, in 1913. Senator Nelson Aldrich, maternal grandfather to the Rockefellers, pushed the Federal Reserve Act through Congress just before Christmas, when much of Congress was on vacation. That sounds similar to the things that go on today. Yeah, still. they're doing the same stuff, same tricks. Yeah, yeah, and they're just they're doing it on, a, on another generation, and people are falling for it. Now, when elected, Wilson passed the Fed later. He remorsely replied, I have unwittingly ruined my country. Yeah, because he probably sold out for money. Now, the banks financially back sympathetic candidates. Not surprising. Most of these candidates are elected. The bankers employ members of the Congress on weekends, nicknamed the TNT Club, out Thursday in Tuesday with lucrative salaries. Additionally, the Fed started buying up the media in the 1930s and now owns or significantly influences most of it. Oh, yeah. I mean, Anderson Cooper, what is he, CNN or whoever he represents? I always have believed he's deep state. But his mother was a, uh, was a, was a Rockefeller, I believe, or a Vanderbilt. Vanderbilt, Vanderbilt yeah. yeah. So now Presidents Lincoln, Jackson, and Kennedy – they tried to stop this family of bankers by printing U.S. dollars without charging the taxpayers' interest. Today, if the government runs a deficit, the Fed prints dollars to the U.S. Treasury and buries the debt, and the dollars are circulated into the economy. But in 1992, taxpayers paid the Fed banking system $286 billion in interest on the debt that the Fed purchased by printing money virtually cost-free. 40% of our personal federal income tax goes to pay this interest. The Fed's books are not open to the public. Congress has yet to audit it. I mean, well, yeah, the day before 
uh, gosh, the guy's name is, is, is escaped me right now, but came out and said that they can't account for $2 trillion in the budget. I remember well, that happening. That that goes. I mean, that just goes to show you how, how things are filtered through the deep state, or what is it? The most two hundred and fifty powerful or richest people in the world that own this Fed. We went over that on our uh, on our show that we did about nine eleven. That was a fantastic show, folks. Oh yeah, I mean, I I tend not to try and get onto that topic because it can just go forever. But yeah, I, I definitely had fun with that show. Now, going along with all this, Congress Wright Patman, Congressman Wright Patman, was a chairman of the House of Representatives Committee on Banking and Currency for 40 years. For 20 of those years, he introduced legislation to repeal the Federal Reserve Banking Act of 1913. Congressman Henry Gonzalez, chairman of Banking Committee, introduced legislation to repeal the Federal Reserve Act of 1913 nearly every year. It's always defeated. The media remains silent, and the public never learns the truth. Of course, the same bankers who own the Fed control the media, give huge political contributions to sympathetic members of Congress. The Fed fears the population will become aware of this fraud and demand. Well, we're exposing it. It's a fraud, and it needs to be stopped. It, and, you know, the media has been exposed to. Now even the president has pointed out that the media is biased. I think he's probably the first president to not only he probably coined the fake news. I mean, he really did. And he he just calls them out consistently. And I think it's a great thing. I mean, you know, we talked about it on a past podcast, but it's like, you know, whichever side or whichever group that you agree with, you're watching whatever you want to hear. So whatever you believe, it can't be the truth because or, or one of them's the truth, or somewhere in the middle's the truth, because then you have people listening to the other political side and be like, yeah, that's exactly what happened. But they both think that. So that's exactly what they want is confusion. And so why? So why? No one, no one's talking about the Federal Reserve. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just keep talking about that stuff. Right. Now, Steve, do you want to go over, uh, just go over some facts for us real quick? So, so leading us into the next segment. Okay. So here's a couple of facts. England lost the Revolutionary War. That one should be elementary. Yep. England nearly destroyed the colonies by creating fake colonial money and hyperinflation. That one's a little bit uh, unknown. Right. Rothschilds, who control the Bank of England, like our Fed, said that by controlling the issue of money, printing it, you can control the government. The authors of the Constitution understood private banks' control over governments. The Constitution gives only Congress the right to print money. From the beginning of the United States to present, there have been two ways to issue new currency. The first way is to have the government print the money, debt and interest-free, and circulate it through the economy for the use as a medium of exchange. There is no tax levied to pay interest on the currency in circulation because it is debt and interest free. This is the system Lincoln used with his greenbacks, a system Kennedy desired and Jefferson demanded. Interesting because uh, two out of, we know what happened to two out of those three people supporting yeah, greenbacks. Got, they got whacked. They, they definitely were whacked. I mean, and JFK, I mean, he had it out for the, for the CIA as well, but uh, let's discuss this for, I thought it was interesting. And what you were just going over, it said, whoever controls basically the printing press controls the world. And some people might say, oh, well, that could be the case. Well, put, 
I was, uh, while Steve was reading that, I was putting myself in that position. Well, what if I had printing press of money that wasn't illegal? I could print whatever I wanted, the any amount of money. Well, first of all, you would you would start to look like a huge influential person in society. Right. So then what can you do? Well, you can pick whatever side that you kind of want to represent and be like, you know what? This person would make a great congressman. And so you start throwing money at that. But you don't stop there. You're like, well, what if I what if I put somebody on the other side in power too to like rebuttal this guy? So they control both sides and that that way if anything's brought up about the Fed, well don't worry, we have somebody on the other side that'll just rebuttal that. And vice versa for, for different for different campaigns, different ideas, different corporations. They all do it. I remember uh, one of the greatest things I ever saw was that uh, the Congress of the United States, they should have to wear jackets that resemble uh, what NASCAR with all the with all the support and all the money that comes into them from from their uh, what do you call them? Sponsors. Sponsors. Yeah, yeah. Now, hold on one second. I, yeah. There was two different ways there. That I got through the first one. The second method is the citizens allow the bank <coughs> to print $500 billion in, ca- in currency, in cash. The bank pays for the printing costs, pays for the ink, pays for the paper. The citizens do not charge the bank any interest for use of the $500 billion in printed currency. The bank uses the $500 billion in cash to buy $500 billion in government bond, which pays the banker's interest. The bank keeps some of the bonds and sells for a fee of 10% some of the bonds to the public. The bank can buy back the bonds from the public simply by printing more money. The bankers can create inflation and depressions by manipulating the amount of the currency in circulation. The Fed operates exactly like this today. It also prints money through the U.S. Treasury and uses this printed money to buy loans from other banks. This money has created our inflation. We give the bank cash interest-free, then they charge us interest on our own currency. Everybody got that? That's the essence of the Fed right there. Yeah, exactly. And... uh I don't know if you ever heard of uh, Ben Bernanke, but uh, he was a, a Federal Reserve chairman, and he also was a, a Nobel Prize-winning economist, economist uh, for the uh, Milton Friedman. Or Milton Friedman blamed the the Federal Reserve for the he for the Great Depression. He believed that the economic recession turned into the depression because the Federal Reserve did not print enough money between 1930 and 1933. And that's accurate because I believe what they did was they stopped printing money and then they called in everybody's loans. So there wasn't enough money to even have uh, keep employees or keep people staffed and people were broke and people were losing their homes right and left because and it wasn't like something like, oh, you have this amount of time. He called in the loan. It was due right then and there. Um, I mean, you can see it. You've seen, I'm sure you've seen it on many movies. People, uh, the emperor had no clothes. People that were once really rich are living up in their uh, Fifth Avenue apartments with like folding chairs and tables just trying to, you know, save some dignity. But uh, yes, yeah, so we pretty much have the Federal Reserve to thank for not only the, the, the Great Depression, but... Uh, the collapse in 2008, that debacle, because they were just selling, they just kept selling mortgages back and forth. The mortgages even didn't even have any 
uh, uh, worth anymore. And people were upside down on those loans. People were doing like balloon loans that were just interest only. And then after like five years, then they had to pay like these people were over their heads. Oh, yeah. Those interest only loans with the balloon payment at the end, people didn't know what they were getting into. No, the only way that you should be doing that is per- probably if you're flipping homes. Right, if you're getting a house and all you want to do is maintain that house for two years while you're fixing it up, then that's fine for an interest-free loan. But if you get to that five-year point, that balloon payment is going to come due and you're going to lose that property. That's exactly right. So this list leads us into our next. Well, why, why, were, why did our forefathers fight the Fed? Now... Allow me to control the issue and the nation's money, and I care not who makes its laws. Now, that quote has belonged and been attributed to the 18th century banker Amschel Rothschild. His bloodline, of course, controls the Fed. For if one unscrupulous group is allowed to print a nation's money, it can eventually use that money to gain control of press and the politicians. That was said in the 18th century. And thus, they can gain control of making the nation's laws and finally control the nation itself. Just awful. Ben Franklin, now he said in his autobiography that the inability of the colonists to get the power to issue their own money permanently out of the hands of George III and the international bankers was one of the prime reasons for the Revolutionary War. Thomas Jefferson stated, if the American people ever allow private banks to control the issue of currency, first by inflation, then by deflation, the banks and corporations that will grow up and around them will deprive the people of all property until their children wake up homeless on the continent their fathers conquered. That's true. It is true. And here, I like the Abraham Lincoln one. I do too. Oh, you mean Ben Franklin? No, no, no. I like the one that's coming up, the oh. Abraham Lincoln one. Oh, gotcha. Now, Congressman Charles A. Lindbergh of Minnesota said, This Federal Reserve Act establishes the most gigantic trust on earth. When President Wilson signs this bill, the invisible, the invisible government of the monetary power will be legalized. The worst legislative crime of ages perpetuated by this banking and currency bill. That's pretty powerful. Yeah, it is. I mean, they, they knew it was coming. That that just leads to, to to let you know why everything is the way it is. Follow the money is what we've always been saying. Cash rules everything around me. Dollar dollar bills, y'all. Now, Steve, you want you want to take uh, you want to take this next this next section? We'll I think we're sticking with Ben, another great Ben Franklin quote here. Ben Franklin answering a question about the booming economy of the young colonies. That is simple. In the colonies, we issue our own money. It is called colonial scrip. We issue it in proper portions proportions to the demands of the trade and industry. Colonial scrip had no debt or interest attached. Bank of America. International bankers saw that interest-free scrip would keep America free of their influence. So, by 1781... Banker-backed Alexander Alexander Hamilton succeeded in starting the Bank of America. After a few years of bank money, the prosperity of colonial scrip was gone. Benjamin Franklin said, Conditions were so reversed that the era of prosperity had ended and a depression set in to such an extent that the streets of the colonies were filled with the unemployed. Bank money was like our Fed money. 
It had debt and interest attached. By 1790, Hamilton and his bankers had created a privately owned central bank and converted the public debt, which was interest-free, into into interest-bearing bonds, payable to the banks. When Hamilton's bank charter expired in 1811, the international bankers started the War of 1812. By 1816, another privately owned U.S. bank was started with $35 million in assets. Only $7 million of that was owned by the government. The bank lasted for 20 years. U.S. history shows that currency with debt and interest attached created a depression. It's so crazy that that they allowed this to happen. Or Woodrow Wilson, I mean, obviously he was he was bought and, and, and paid for. Um but I, I just don't understand why it would be like uh, the equivalent of uh, you know having a bill like like let's say uh, Am- the uh, CEO of Amazon. Let's say that somebody came up to him and was like, I'll "Tell you what, you got a, you know you got almost a trillion dollar business going on here. Tell you what we'll do. You sign over me as CEO, and then uh, all you got to do is pay me X percent on uh, on the money." That you were able to just make yourself doing pretty much nothing, right? You know, it's just it's 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 asinine. We had it. Oh, we had it. We fought for it, and then we gave it back away. That's right. Uh, it's like uh, the famous quote when uh, Benjamin Franklin was coming. He was walking down. He just came out of a meeting in, in Philadelphia, and a woman said to him, "Well, Mister Franklin, what do we have here? Uh, do we have a republic, or do we have a um, or?" Uh, a dictatorship. And what did he say? He replied with a republic, if what? If you can keep it. And uh, that, that, that quote is always, uh, is always uh, said by uh, one of our great senators here in Pennsylvania, Senator uh, Doug Mastriano. One of the quotes that he says many times, and, and I just love it because it, it's so right. And another one is, if we don't hang together, we'll surely hang separately. Now, Andrew Jackson, great president. When the 1816 charter expired in 1836, Andrew Jackson vetoed its renewal. It was then that he made two famous statements. The bank is trying to kill me, but I will kill it. Later, he said, if the American people only understood the rank of injustice of our money and banking system, there would be a revolution, there would be a revolution before morning. And it's true. It's still like that. It's still like that. It's just that people just need to, to w- wake up and I always say just get do some independent thinking, research, listen to us, do something. I mean, don't sit in front of the idiot box and listen to CNN, MSNBC, because they're, they're telling you what you need to hear. Again, we just did a recent episode on uh, basically social conditioning. And that's what that's what the, the news is today. And it's just all right, don't worry, or or worry, stay home, all that kind of stuff. Well, they keep telling you what you want to hear. They keep saying things like, "Oh, and the interest rate, the Fed has cut the interest rate again. Uh, the Fed has cut the interest rate again. Inflation is below three percent, and the Fed has cut the interest rate again." Well, yeah, because what is it? Forty percent of the country is out of work, and. Who's buying anything? Right. The interest rate is hovering right above zero. Right. Now now we're going to get into your your favorite, the Abraham Lincoln. Yeah, I like this one. <clears throat> Pardon me. President Lincoln needed money to finance the Civil War. 
and the international bankers offered him loans at 24 to 36% interest. Jeez, that's like a, a store credit card these days. <laughs> Lincoln balked at their demands because he didn't want to plunge the nation into such a huge debt. Lincoln approached Congress about passing a law to authorize the printing of U.S. Treasury notes. Lincoln said he gave the people of this republic the greatest blessing they ever had, their own paper money to pay their debts. <clears throat> Lincoln printed over 400 million greenbacks, debt and interest fury, and paid the soldiers, U.S. government employees, and bought war supplies. The international bankers didn't like it and wanted Lincoln to borrow the money from them so that the American people would owe tremendous interest on the loan. Lincoln's solution made this seem ridiculous. Well, shortly after Lincoln's death, the government revoked the Greenback Law, which ended Lincoln's debt-free, interest-free money. A new National Banking Act was enacted, and all money became interest-bearing again. Still think that uh, Lincoln and uh, JFK were just killed by some crazy guys? Yeah, John Wilkes Booth. You think John Wilkes Booth wasn't paid by those guys right there? Exactly. Well, Steve, do you want to start us into what could be the solution? Yeah, man. So what's the solution? Currently, all we do is exchange Fed money, which has interest attached, for real U.S. money, which is interest-free, the dollar, dollar for dollar, as Kennedy tried to do. We should not be required to pay interest on our own currency. According to Benjamin Franklin, this was one of the primary reasons we fought the Revolutionary War. Today, we are still fighting the same family of bankers, the U.S. government can buy back the Fed at any time for $450 million per congressional record. The U.S. Treasury could then collect all the profits on our money instead of the 300 original shareholders of the Fed. The U.S. debt, which is in the trillions of dollars, could be exchanged dollar for dollar with U.S. non-interest bearing currency when the debt becomes due. There would be no inflation because there would be no additional currency in circulation. Personal income tax could be cut if we bought back the Fed, and therefore, the economy would expand. According to the Constitution, Congress is to control the creation of money, keeping the amount of inflation or deflation in check. If Congress isn't doing their job, they should be voted out of office. Unfortunately, voters can't vote for the Fed or its chairman. If the government has a deficit, we could handle it as Lincoln and Kennedy did, print money and circulate it into the economy, but this time interest-free. Today, the Fed, through foreign banks, owns much of our debt and therefore controls us. The Fed will cease to exist as taxpayers become informed and tell other taxpayers. The news media and Congress will have no choice but to meet the demands of the grassroots America. So crazy. It's so crazy because they're privately owned. So you, you can never find out anything that you want them. You can't even uh, you can't file for uh, Information Act or Freedom of Information Act on them because they're not the federal government. They're privately owned. And, of course, that's why they wanted it. I mean, Right. That's why they do it so they can hide everything. Absolutely. I mean, that's why, uh, you know, Steve always says I find a way to, <laughs> to work aliens into every episode. Well, it just made me think of a, a guy that, that runs Bigelow Aerospace. There's a, there's a lot of talk that he's doing some work for, like, Deep State shifted their operations over into his private company so that nobody can uh, 
get a Freedom of Information Act on what the government's working on secretly. Right. It's like a shell company. Right, right. So there are three ways that we can abolish the Fed and issue money per the United States Constitution, Article 1, Section 8, buy back the Fed and have the U.S. government collect all profits. Profits Abolish the Fed by printing real U.S. dollars as President Kenny attempted. He had an executive order, 11-110 in 1963, uh, request that your county state to use their constitutional powers to abolish the Fed. This is the best solution. Nearly half the states are attempting or considering this action. Congress has had over 80 years to follow the Constitution and has refused to abolish the illegal Fed. The state county effort is working faster than any other method and uh everyone's going to need support to start a local chapter of fed up and uh, start a petition in your county now the wrong solution that has failed for 80 years that we were just mentioning congress and the media may want to require the fed to return the required profits into the u.s treasury per the per the Federal Reserve Act 1913. The problem is that with creative accounting techniques, profit can be easily masked as expense. The Fed has expensed items illegally to lower profit. <coughs> Pardon me. We, the people, have pushed the following states to pass or introduce legislation calling for an end to the Fed. Now, by law, now you can check the congressional record. We can buy back the Fed. Now you get ready for this. For the original investment of the Fed's 300 shareholders, which is only, now I say only because of how much debt we're in in the, in the United States, $450 million. Now let me break down how little expense that it is to buy back the Fed. If each taxpayer paid $25, we could buy back the Fed and all the profit would flow into the U.S. Treasury. In other words, by Congress allowing the constitutionally illegal Fed to continue, much of our taxes go to shareholders of the Fed and their banks. The people who enacted the Fed started the IRS within months of the Fed's inception. The Fed buys U.S. debt with money they printed from nothing, then charges the U.S. taxpayers interest. Uh, i.e. your mortgage. The government had to create income tax to pay the interest expense to the Fed's shareholders, but the income tax was never legally passed. The Fed is illegal per Article 1, Section 8 of the United States Constitution. Not one state legally ratified the 16th Amendment, making income tax legal. Currently, fewer and fewer Americans are being convinced for, for refusal to pay income tax. In the IRS jury trials, the jury, by law, must decide if the law is just. If taxpayers do not believe the law is just, the jury may declare the accused innocent. Judges are legally bound to inform juries of their right to determine the fairness of a law. Now, judges often do not disclose this information so that they can control the courtroom outcome. Luckily, more and more citizens are becoming informed. If one juror feels the law is unfair, they can find the defendant innocent. In Utah, the IRS quit prosecuting taxpayers because jurors' verdict is not guilty. You know, you need to tell your friends to uh, sit in on the jury. But what's interesting uh, about that as well, um, I watched a documentary on the IRS and, and basically uh, taxation. And it's not 
it's not legal. And a lot of people that were working for the IRS quit and they've come out and they're on record saying, I haven't paid my uh, federal income tax in, uh, in 12 years, somewhere 15 years. And they haven't been prosecuted because they know that there's not a law. And there's actually still to this day, I think it might even be 15 years, maybe even longer, uh, a million dollar reward for anybody that can produce the law stating that you have to pay federal income tax. So nobody's claimed that money yet. So I guess uh, either nobody's found it yet. Maybe it's it's buried deep in the vaults of the books beneath the Vatican or something like that. Or it doesn't exist at all. It was some rich guy put up a million dollar reward for that. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that we can all agree that uh, the Federal Reserve is a, is a corrupt institution. It's basically... Uh, running the world and it's definitely running the political system and political agendas here in the United States, financing both sides, creating arguments, creating pandemics, creating any kind of false flag it can. So that what? So then a war can start. So then they can do what? So then they can fund both sides of the war. So then they can get paid on interest to sending other companies in to rebuild those companies. See where we're going with this? It's a vicious circle. It's the biggest gaffe of the world of all time. It is. And there are people that stood up to it, but they got killed. And they were great presidents. President Lincoln, President Kennedy, stand up against the Fed. But you know what? It's so big that uh, up until now, we haven't been able to, to really mess with it. But because of the internet, because of the awoke society that we live in currently, there will be revolution soon that is going to change that. The Fed will not be able to continue to just take our money. I think if uh, if you can, if anything positive could have come out from the world shutting down due to the pandemic, would be that a lot of people have had some time to actually have some independent thought and do some research. Because I'll tell you what, uh, I've talked to people who have never bought into quote unquote a conspiracy theory. And now the terminology that they're using with me, I just want to be like, come here, give me a hug, give <laughs> yeah. me a kiss. Thank you. I love you. But yeah, I mean, there is a great awakening happening. And hopefully, I mean, me and Steve are in our early 40s. Hopefully, by the time maybe our children grow up, they, the world's awakened enough that the Federal Reserve has been abolished and that the money goes back to the people and can be backed by something legitimate like gold and that you can trade your your, your notes in for gold if you wish. And but, the Constitution is upheld. Yeah, and the Constitution is upheld. I mean, the Constitution these days, it seems like uh, it's, it's being sidestepped in a lot of ways. And uh, we need to wake up. We need to wake up as not just uh, as Americans, but as a world. Um, just... Uh, just as a, an example, um, on the East Coast here, there, there's a beach that uh, a lot of people like to go to, and it's called Rehoboth Beach. It's in Delaware. And just recently, they closed down everything again, and because it was open because we were just there recently. And they closed everything down again, and lo and behold, everything's allowed to be back open now because of there was a huge decline in people coming to visit. Well, no kidding. What are they going to do? But what does that tell us? It tells us that we drive the system. Our money drives the system. We determine what's going to happen. And once everybody just realizes there's so many more of us than there is of them. And when we realize and we remember that they are servants to us, they are elected officials to speak our words we need to wake up and take back our rights and take back the Constitution or take back whatever rights you have going on in your country. Unite. 
and stand up for what you believe. Well said, folks. Well, uh, so that's that's our show on Federal Reserve. Um, trust me, uh, it might be shorter than other shows. We did you a huge favor <laughs> by uh, by uh, consolidating it down just in, into this information. But uh, I'm so glad that we finally got to do it. Jeez, it, it, it'll be nice to to literally not see it on the one shelf in the studio just staring us down being like when are you guys going to do this when are you going to talk about when are you guys going to record this one i hope that uh the comments come in about it if there's a part of the show that uh you thought we left out then post on our social media yeah and let us know definitely let us know and uh speaking of social media and reaching out to us um if you are in the central pennsylvania area if you live in this area or you're going to be visiting the central pennsylvania area mid-august and uh you would like to attend uh, a subtle beast live show free live show uh reach out to us me and steve will be performing (coughs) at a private event and uh it'll be subtle beast style and it's going to be a lot of fun and uh so yeah so if you're in the central pennsylvania area and you want to come out and uh see subtle beast live finally we'll be able to get back out there we were wanting to do do live shows but we got shut down yeah we were right there right there we got shut down by the pandemic but we're coming back and uh, it's going to be a lot of fun so reach out to us and uh we'll be sure to get you on the list and get you in that show and have yeah, a good they're, time not, with they're not going to shut this one down oh no no, no 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 this one will not be shut down i guarantee you that so uh be a lot of fun hit us up but uh until next time i'm Foltz. and i'm steve and we'll see you next time take care of one another bye-bye